What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast, where I'm here to kind of, you know, shed a little bit of light and expand upon the things I've kind of been talking about, right? So it's thriving through the pandemic, uh, those of us who are expats and are back in our home countries or are figuring out whether to go back to be an expat again, or you've been an expat like me for 11 years, living in a completely different country, and you're back home in America and you feel uh, out of place. And you're trying to figure out how to achieve that same level of happiness that you would achieve when you were abroad, right? And what do I mean when I say that? And again, for those of you guys who aren't expats, didn't travel the world, this also relates to you too. That's the beauty of the Black Expat Podcast, right? So many times people try to trap us, trap us in the box, put us in a category like, oh, you have to do it this way or you're not an expat or this is how you get abroad and this is how you stay abroad. This is how you maintain. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody's journey takes a different course. Everybody's experience is different. I, I've only met a handful of people who had a similar experience as mine, like graduated school, moved abroad, and did it the way in which I did it, which is incredible, right? It's incredible to have done it. It's also scary to have done it that way, but it's also, you know, it has its ups and downs. Now, here's what I mean when I say recreate the things and the ways and the mindsets that I had when I was abroad. When you're abroad, you know, you're away from family and friends, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes you just need a break. Like teaching, for those who all, those of you all or those who know people who teach, it's hard. Kids are annoying AF. They drain you. If you have kids, your kids drain you. That's why when you send them to school and the first day of school is coming up, you see the parents are more excited than the kids. Some kids love school. Some kids hate school. It's, it's, a, it's a heavy balance. But I feel like most parents enjoy it. They're like, hey, yeah, my kids are finally going to school. I finally get a break. I finally get a chance to exhale, to breathe, right? And because you love your kids, right? I loved my students. I literally called them my kids because I don't have kids. My students were my kids. I knew they shared more with me than they did with their brothers and sisters, best friends and parents sometimes. They would come to me to make life choices, right? Because I dealt with high school kids and they would say, hey, I'm trying to figure out junior high and high school. What high school to go to? I don't know what college to go to. My boyfriend is trying to pressure me to do this. My girlfriend's trying to pressure me to do this. And I'm like, dang, y'all, I'm just, I'm just your teacher. No, I'm also a counselor, a first aid kit. I'm all those things built into one. So you need a break from that. And that's what I did abroad. I was a teacher. And a lot of people who live and work and study abroad are teachers or in different professions. So not if you're a teacher, no matter what you're doing, you're a travel influencer, you're an ambassador, you're an engineer. When you're abroad, you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And you don't have those homey, family, friendship bonds that you've had as a comfort for years. Again, not everyone has this, but the majority of us do. For years, it kind of grounds you. Like, man, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to go you know, see my best friend, Blake, hang out with him, kick it. I'm having a bad day. Yeah, ma. Are you cooking? I'm about to stop by. Granny, I'm going to go see my granny. Oh, I'm going to go see my sister, brother. And for some of us, you know, the first seven years I was an expat, we were using Skype and stuff like that. So it wasn't even as easy as picking up the phone and doing a FaceTime or a Facebook Messenger video chat. Because sometimes it wouldn't work, depending on where you live abroad as an expat, right? So all these things are happening. And how did you escape? How did you get away from this? How did you pivot? How did you maintain your sanity? I can't speak for everyone, but I know this is what I did. I would take a trip. Sometimes if I couldn't afford to leave the country, again, I was fortunate enough to be in Taiwan where I can get to Japan, Korea, Thailand, 
Singapore, Australia. Okay, maybe not Australia, but to a lot of places, excuse me, relatively quickly. Like fast, like max four-hour flight to most of these places. And then once I got my 10-year China visa, it opened up the whole, you know, because visas are a thing <laughs> and difficult for some, like sometimes. It opened up a whole nother massive country. And I spoke the language, so it was great. I could go literally anywhere in that area if it wasn't English speaking or like and that, that includes Indonesia. So there were so many things that I could do. And that's what I would look forward to. My driving factor, because for the bigger, longer trips, I would say, man, we're just four weeks away. Man, we're just a week away. Or, hey, I'm going to the southern part of the island in Taiwan. I'm going to the beach destination. It's cold. I lived in the north of the island where it was more water, so it was a bit more chilly in December. So every December, I would plan a trip to the south of the island where it was 85 and sunny, and there was beaches, and everything was super cheap, and it was a party atmosphere, and it was, you know what? I can't have a snowy Chicago Christmas. I'm going to have a warm Taiwan winter. And it was amazing. But as I, you know, as I sit back and think about it being here, I always had something to look forward to. And while going to the beach in the south of the island may have been kind of a routine, it may seem like it was the same every time. It really wasn't. I would stay somewhere different every time. I have a new group of friends every time I went. I would travel down there in a different way. I took the train. Then I took a car, I drove myself, and then I had my taxi driver that I've known in Taiwan since I got there. I had him drive me and a group of friends in his van and paid him. Every time I went, the experience itself was different. Even though we did some of the same activities, there was a cave in which we would go in, uh, you know, and dig up the sand and make a fire inside of the cave and throw fireworks in there and celebrate with fireworks and get really drunk and, you know, go skinny dipping. It was so many crazy things we did. But I did it pretty much with different people each year, except for, you know, the people that had been there with me for a long time. Even people who had been on the island that had never gone were like, man, you make it seem so fun. We're going to try it out. It was anticipation. It was that feeling like you were building up to something, right? That feeling in and of itself. And that's what a getaway escape felt like for me in Taiwan. It was getaway to another country. It was getaway to another part of the island. And it genuinely felt different. It looked different. It required a flight. It required a hike. It required different types of transportation. And as I try to replicate that in America, I, I, it's, it's hard, right? Because in Chicago, it's like, I'm not going to take a trip from Chicago to a small town in Illinois. One, hella, hella racist towns in Illinois, if you ain't know that. Uh, but it, it, I'm, I'm taking my car. I don't want to rent a car, right? I'm, I'm going to a place where I'm probably going to eat similar food. Okay, and if I don't want to leave this leave Chicago, I'm going to another state where it's like, oh man, it's a hotel I could have went to in Chicago. And granted, I'm not saying all states are the same. There's many, many differences. But I'm trying to replicate that feeling of newness. It's been hard for me as an expat here. And it's not just saying that going, it's not the going to another state doesn't feel a different part because it does. And it is. I want to correct that. It's the, it's the cost exponentially more. The cost to have an experience in a different state is exponentially higher than what I was paying when I was abroad. And that breeds stress. The purpose of a getaway is to be a stress relief. Release the stress, not to build on it, not to gain on it, not to say, damn, it's hell of, exp hell of expensive, but I need to do it. So what do we do? Well, what have, what have I been doing? Compensating. I'll go out with some friends and have a few drinks. Drink too much. Buy too many expensive drinks. Eat too, too much expensive food. All things that I could go without, right? I could go without because that doesn't that doesn't feed me. Like I'm full, 
but it doesn't feed me. It doesn't feed that ambition that I have to see and do new things. So I've, I've made it a point to be creative with how I spend my time, with how I choose, what energy I choose to put into certain things. And this includes work. Hear me out. If your job isn't investing in you, driving you, because people will say this all the time. Yeah, we're a company. We're very inclusive. We want you We want you to do here and that. We want to hear your proposals. We want to hear all this and that and the third. And then when you throw it on, they're like, oh, no, nah, we ain't ready for that. Well, it's like, well, then why even say it? I need you to match my ambition because my ambition is to help your company, not mine. And all these things can really, really wear on you. And when you really need to get away and go out and see and do things, just the thought of planning, it's like, oh, my God. Now I understand more than ever. You guys hear me talk about this all the time, why people do all-inclusive. It makes so much more sense to me now in America. In Taiwan, I couldn't. I was like, no, I, I'd rather go to another country. I'd rather do this. In America, I'm like, look, I don't want to plan nothing. How much it costs Jamaica to come with drinks, pool? Give me that. Because you're literally and figuratively all the, all the lees so tired that planning drains you. It absolutely does. So on my quest <laughs> to fulfill my expat hunger, my expat craving, if you will, and I view, when I say expat, it's not, it's, it's a hunger. It's how I want to classify the desire and the passion, the way that I want to live my life, no matter where I live. Because I want to make it very clear, no matter where you live, you can live like an expat, have that mentality. But how I want to live is derived from my experiences. And my experiences so happened to lead me to living out of the country that I was born and raised for 11 years. I say that as hum like as a humble expression of how I view myself and how I want to live my life to the fullest. I want to be full. I want to have money. Yeah, great. I want to have, you know, a good job. Yeah, great. Consistency. Yeah, great. But I need to be full and I know what fills me. I also know what empties me. So on my quest to find my, to quench my expat hunger, um, fortunately, I have an amazing fiance, an amazing partner. And, you know, she was like, yeah, I want to do something. And, you know, I want to go you know, to Dallas. You know, we're in Austin. I want to go to Dallas or, or you know, or San Antonio or Houston. I want to go out of, you know, I want to go out of the city. I don't want to be here. And I was like, okay. You know, she loves being outside. She loves nature. She loves water. She loves all these things. So I'm like, man, you know, I don't really want to go to San Antonio for a day or two. We have a really busy month. It's her birthday. Her parents are coming. My best friend Blake's coming. Like, it's a whole lot of stuff going on. So, I was like, all right, well, you know, what can we do? And I was thinking, I was like, huh, getaway house. And did a little bit of research into these getaway homes. I didn't know that there was one in, in Texas. Um, and I didn't know, it's called getaway house, but it's an actual small cabin. But it looks like a house on the inside. So I'm just going to call it a getaway house. Uh, but they're actual cabins. Uh, I checked the website. It's called getawayhouse.com. So, again, they're not paying me. So, y'all click on that. When you sign up, just say the Black Expat Podcast sent you. And so they can start paying me. But um, yeah. So yeah, for me, I found this and it was great. It was like, hey, you want to get away? And the photo was like, you know, it's not nothing fancy. Just a picture of a woman inside this tiny house in the middle of nowhere reading a book. And they was like, oh, things you can do around there. You know, there's plenty of hiking, outdoors, check. Fiance loves that. There's plenty of, uh, there's a watering hole. Okay. She likes to be outside. Cool check um she likes water double check uh you can bring your dog great we have a dog chester could come check uh all the essentials are in there you cook if you want to make soup cool she asian I, i've been in taiwan 
We love soup and noodles. You can make that on a pie. I oh, need some water. I bring a, a bottle of water. You can grill next to it. Um, and it's it's calm, it's peaceful. You're you're secluded, but there's people around you, but they're not too close. They're just far enough away where they can't see into your cabin, they can't can't hear you, but you can see people so you don't feel like you're literally in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and there's a staff nearby, but they're not too close. Like you gotta you gotta drive like two or three minutes to get to them. I was like, okay, this sound this sound real cool. Is it comfortable? Yeah. Is it clean? Yeah. Is it newer? Yeah, it's newer in, in San Antonio or in, in Texas and where in Wimberley, Texas. So I'm gonna get the newer experience. I'm not gonna get, you know, the used too many time cabins. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. This is I like this. I like this. So I, I you know, I ordered it for one night. Again, not too expensive. Less than the cost I would spend for one night at a hotel, to be completely honest. I called it on a week, on a Sunday to a Monday, because you know, Friday, Saturdays are usually more expensive than Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So yeah, I clicked on it and I got it. And it was it was great. It was about an hour, 20 hour, 30 minute drive from where we live. So I feel like I was actually getting away from my environment. Uh, the surrounding areas were like farms and, you know, just breweries and wineries and didn't feel like a city. Like we went through some cities to get there. But, you know, when you driving through, you're like, OK, I'm driving past all these big old plantation style homes. Uh, so, you know, just a little side note, I'm going to back up a little bit. I did Google sundown towns. Again, it is in Texas. We're on the South. Got to be safe. I'm still black. She's still Asian. It's a whole thing. I believe in safety over anything. So I, I Googled it. I'm like, am I sundown towns? Am I safe? It is safe. The area is safe. They like black people. I went to some shops and stuff around. I didn't get no weird looks. I asked for some extra sweet and sour sauce at McDonald's. I got that. This is the black expat looking at black people. It's a real thing, right? This happens. And I also plan trips and I have to take this into consideration all the time. Back to the trip. So yeah, you know, you're driving there. And, you know, the road is really, you're really in the middle of nowhere. And then when you pull into the facility, it's about 42 houses, but they are super spread out. And it's a dirt road and it's trees and they carved out a little walking trail for you. And you drive and, you know, you pass by your cabins and you park right in front of your cabin. Get out the car. You know, you see the the grill set up. You see the chair set up. Um, then you see this tiny black house. And it's literally just like a trailer, a trailer home. But imagine half the size of a trailer home without a trailer attached. And it's all black. There's a door with a keypad. You go inside, you open it up, take your shoes off. Don't be rude. Um, and you have your bed next to these three big windows. You have a bathroom to the right, uh, hot water, hot and cold water, a toilet that flushes as long as you don't stuff it too much. So you bring your kids, you got to wipe for them. Y'all know what time it is. Um, it has a small kitchen area where you get two eyes. You get a, a teapot so you can hot, uh, make hot water if you want to make soup or eat or whatever. Again, the grill's outside, so if you want to pre, pre-pack food, they got charcoal for you. They have lighters. You can ask for this in advance. You can barbecue and grill and just chill outside with your friends, kicking it. Uh, inside, you know, you got your bed. You got a small desk where you can eat food. Uh, there's a fridge inside. Mini fridge, obviously, not a full refrigerator. Uh, trash can. Everything's inside. All that into this tiny home. It's about the size of, if you have a, a standard size bedroom, it's about the size of a, a little bit bigger than a standard size bedroom. Longer, but not wide. So it's really like, it's a long, it's rectangular. It's not square. And it's, no, it's a little bit longer because, you know, it has to have a bathroom. There's a bathroom door, so it seals off. But then the the size of the room, excluding the bathroom, is about the size of a, of a standard room with a queen-size bed in it. And the bed is a queen-size bed. And huge, great windows. If, you want, if you're wondering, if you're trying to visualize this, you're having a hard time. Uh, in the link to this podcast, I put my YouTube video where I actually show the video of what it looks like on the inside. So if you want to check it out, I encourage you. Go look at the YouTube video. Uh, it's very quick to the point. It's only four minutes for those of you guys who have short attention spans. Uh, you can fast forward to minute 51 if you just want to get to the visual. Minute 
51 seconds uh, to get to the visual. But it was amazing. Like, I was like, man, this really is a tiny house. I overpacked. I brought a bottle of water. I bought Kool-Aid. Don't judge me. I love Kool-Aid. We bought snacks. Uh, we packed sandwiches. I was already in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing around. Uh, but we 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 overpacked. They had towels. Towels were clean. Not a stain. I'm a German folk, so not a stain on the white towels. Not a black stain. Not a brown stain. These were freshly clean towels. It was amazing. But here's the kick. Here's, here's the kicker. We have Wi-Fi coming in, so it's about a seven-minute drive, and it's easy. It's a one-lane-in, one-lane-out road. Um, and once you hit like the road where you you know get onto the main road, which is about again a seven minutes from my cabin, I count it because again safety first. Uh, that's where your Wi-Fi kicks back in. Once we get to the cabin, no Wi-Fi, like no cell service. Don't worry, there's a phone inside the cabin for emergencies and to call local authorities if you need to. But no cell service. I know what you're thinking. Oh, middle of nowhere, no cell service, you're going to die. No, it was fine. I'm glad I knew this. I figured it, but I didn't know it was that extreme. I thought, like, you know, you could connect to Wi Fi if you needed to, but they encourage you to turn your phones off. But no, you're disconnected. You are disconnected. They force you to unplug. Now, again, I was surprised my fiance, so she was blindfolded the whole time when she got there. She didn't have that much time to prepare. She had work to do the next day. So cool. So we ended up leaving for about an hour to go prep, you know, send emails out like, hey, guys, we're going to be going to be available this time, yada, yada, yada. But when we got back, it was amazing. One, a, a few big takeaways. One, it was great to be unplugged. When I say unplugged, I mean no notifications. Oftentimes you think, oh, if I put my phone away, I'm not playing with it. But how many times you check your phone for notifications? Unread texts, unread emails. You just you just find yourself looking for something on your phone. Uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. You'll scroll through 10, 11 apps within 15 minutes and not even realize it. Waste so much time. But we were literally unplugged. And it was great for us because we're both influencers. We're both entrepreneurs. We're both really passionate about creation and helping people. And we just sat there without our phone telling us how to think. Or what to think about. Think about that though. Your phone tells you what to think, how to think, and what to think about. When you pick it up and you look at something, it triggers you to think in a certain way. Just like when you're at work. When you look at some things about work, it makes you think about life and things in a certain way. Your phone does that too. Ads, kids, messages from other people, whatever. In this setting, we were just, we were thinking for ourselves. We were talking to each other. They had Sudoku. They had a map. Again, around the area, there's, they give you a map of what's around, right? There's plenty of hiking sites, like I said, a watering hole. They give you books. We read books. We both picked up our own book and just randomly started reading. When's the last time you just, with another person, significant other, or even just by yourself, picked up a book randomly, not planned, and just started reading and felt okay doing that and didn't get distracted? I read half a book in like 20 minutes. I forgot how much I love to read. I read all the time, right? Oh, yeah, I read all the time. I read Twitter. I read I was reading books without being a teacher, without, you know, reading reading for, for leisure, but having to plan it out. It was so spontaneous and so organic and so natural. It was beautiful. And I was like, man, I, I didn't even notice I was doing it. It's like left and I was like, oh, back on my phone again. Back to back to the same old, same old, same old routine. And we talked to each other. We really talked to each other. Ask each other questions that we usually don't ask or have a chance to ask because we're so preoccupied. Babe, look at this on Twitter. Ah, we got to do this. We need this for the house. Ah, we got to do this. Ooh, we got to walk the dog. 
we didn't bring the dog this time. I wanted it to be special, just us. You know, dogs take a lot of attention with all their cuteness. But man, it was so, it felt so good to unplug. I always tell your family, I send my family my address just in case something happened. Again, safety first. But it felt so good to unplug. Literally, I could get no notifications. We forgot to put a lot of songs on both the phones. So we only had five songs in rotation. We was living like like back in the old days. Well, like WGCI, they only played 10 songs. You had to tune in for another hour to see hear different songs. But like, yeah, it was WGCI is a radio station in Chicago. It was, it was beautiful. And I enjoyed it. And it was safe. And then we got up the next day and in the map, there was a walking trail, a nature walking trail. About five minutes down the road, we got up, ate some breakfast. Shout out to us packing sandwiches. Uh, yeah, there are restaurants 20 minutes away you can go to. There's like, so don't worry about that. If you didn't pack food, you can just get up and drive. But we didn't want to. We, we walked around, just walked around, saw other people, walked the nature trail at like seven in the morning because the natural light woke us up. Of course, we rolled the curtains down to go to sleep because it's nighttime and, you know, want nobody looking in on us without clothes on sleeping because it'd be hot. But, um, you know, rolled it up, woke up. And it was like, man, you know what you do when you first wake up? For most of us, you check your phone. We checked on each other. My my thoughts were just in, not in, oh, what's going on today? It was, hmm, how you feeling today, Carl? What's on your mind? So much introspective thinking. And again, it doesn't have to be like this. I'm not saying every experience will be this way. But my getaway house slash cabin experience was everything I needed. But it, I say that to say it gave me a different, something to look forward to. Would I do this again? Yes. There's not many times... I've even traveled to certain countries. I'm like, ah, I don't really want to need to go back. I don't have to go back. Going to the south of the island in Taiwan was my yearly I need to do. Going to a getaway house or cabin or shoot as low as $69 a night, once a month, once every other month is a need for me to do. Whether it's by myself, with bay, with friends, I need that disconnection. It's a need. It's a new way to fulfill, to quench that expat thirst. It's a way to get away in an interesting way. That won't be the same every time. I won't be in the same mindset every time I go. I won't have the same needs every time I go. I won't have work projects or things to edit every time I go. I won't take my dog or not take my dog every time I go. But every time I go, I will need to go. I will want to go. I will have a desire to go. It will not, oh man, two, five, six, seven thousand dollars. Ah, I can spend a hundred dollars on that. I can prepare real quick for that. I can pack a bag and make some sandwiches for that. I don't need to have fettuccine alfredo and crab legs every day. Do I? No, I don't. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean. So as I as you guys welcome me down this journey of quenching the expat thirst, um, yeah, I hope, hope if you need to get away, if you're abroad, remember what that is for you. What quenches your thirst? What keeps you where you are abroad? Or even if you're home, what keeps you where you are here? But not just what keeps you, what keeps you happy? What maintains you? What fills you up? Not what gives you something, but what fills you. And I think that's what drives us. And that's what we should look for in everything and every experience that we have. Is it filling me up or is it emptying my cup? 
Hey, y'all. I appreciate y'all rocking me for yet another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. Don't forget, I put an amazing YouTube video of this very experience I had in the description of this podcast. I'm awarded, no matter what app you're in, you click on it. It's hyperlinked. Check that out. Also, come up, become a patron of the Black Expat Podcast. I am building and expanding yet again. All my other patrons, I have restarted the program. So if you were a patron before, you are no longer a patron now. So re-sign back up. And also, I got wine. I did a wine shout out in the episode. So make sure you check it out on YouTube. It wasn't that long. It was like 20 seconds. So check it out. Thank you guys once again for rocking with me for yet another episode of Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl. Oh, my name is Carl. <laughs> we out, chill.